0: Chris, I have to tell you, Sundance has been fantastic so far, but the gentleman sitting right next to us right now is a phenomenal human being. Not only is he an accomplished chairman and owner of Funnier Die, he just came off winning an amazing Emmy for Weird. Are you kidding me? Henry R. Munoz III, what an incredible individual, but more importantly than that, this is a man that is changing the vision of the future. For diverse, not only filmmakers, but individuals all around the world, I'm humbled to be sitting next to him. Henry, thank you so much so for much. coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me oh. to be here. Really, it is phenomenal. You are inspiring. We're sitting there in awe of what you are trying to accomplish in these communities. But before we get into that, we're here at Sundance right now. You have a fantastic film. You're back here. You're EP in an amazing movie. I'd love to hear more about it in the summer. It's the South Fence fans- Hammers, yeah in the summers is going to debut here at Sundance, which is a fantastic
1: thing. I met these young filmmakers about two years ago. You know, it's interesting. In Hollywood, I've been mentored by people who are younger than me, who've taken me under their wing and shown me um, what it is to be a leader in the entertainment industry. And three of them said, we want to form this company. You know, they have had terrific careers as individuals. They've worked at A24. They've worked with amazing talent. That They said, you know what, we think it's time to honor and to elevate Latino voices, which is important to me already. And so they brought their slate of films to me, and I decided to support them, to mentor them, to um, bring what I could to their effort. And the very first movie um, that it is, (laughs) in it. <laughs> it's called In the Summers. It's got some amazing talent in it. It's Residente's first film. It has Sasha Calle and Leslie Grace, two actresses that I love and have followed for years. And it tells a very compelling story about family. Mm-hmm. And I love that it is directed by a person. First feature film, also Latina. Latinx, LGBTQ+, and so everything came together, and I'm so honored to be here at Sundance within the summers.
0: To have a film like that with a community around it, look what you're supporting, really. You're mentoring this first-time feature film director. They're coming in from the community. It's amazing. That must feel. How does that feel for you to look at them the first time they saw the cut? And did you, were you sitting next to them? Were you with them? The feedback you got from them to say, Henry, thank you. That must have been a great feeling to say you helped get this off the ground. You know, we all have to find our opportunity, right? And
1: the most important thing I can do at this point in my life and in my career is mentor other people. So to be a part of giving them a chance to tell this story, you know, the director really tells her stories. This is a, in some ways, a film about, her culture and her family and her experiences. And I have been around the industry just long enough to know that we don't have enough opportunities to do that. So quite honestly, it's a privilege for me to be a part of this community of filmmakers who are mentoring each other and who are bringing opportunity to each other. And yeah, of course they're excited. I mean, this is a big deal. It's a big deal. Right. We just haven't been here before. And. um, I think it's going to do very well,
0: as as do we. And it must be so exciting for the the. the, Are you looking for distribution here? Are they going to take it to other festivals? Do you have any idea of kind of the path line that this amazing film is going to be going through? I hope somebody will buy it. yes, And give it uh, the wide distribution
1: that it deserves, because it's a story that should be heard by young people in this country and in, for sure in Latin American countries and by everybody, it's a, it's a story that is important, I think, uh, to humanity at this point in our history. It's beautiful.
0: I love what you do because you're giving people a voice, not only on Funny or Die, but also now with this film. How do you feel about doing that with your other program, Funny or Die?
1: Well, Funny or Die, you know, I just thought, I, I mean... I first met the leaders at Funny or Die when I was working with President Obama, and it taught me, that moment taught me the importance of using humor during difficult times and to use content to explain important policies. So if you remember, President Obama, very surprising, um, sat between two ferns. <laughs> with Zach Galifianakis, really, to talk about the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, and years later, when I met uh, the leadership of Funnier Die again, it was a similar situation. I, I, like, I had been working in the streets of New York in healthcare, testing and fast, vaccinating people and feeding people, and the country needed to laugh. Humanity needed to laugh. But we also needed to share information and protect people, particularly people whose first language wasn't English, who were poor, people who were um, in crowded into apartments, and so Eva Longoria, who's been my partner in, um, also a first-time movie director this year, who um, has been my partner in activism and philanthropy joined me in creating a moment, Momento Latino, to share information with people. And that's what brought me together with Funnier or Die. And then in, I ended up buying Funnier or Die and learning so much. It wasn't lost on me that there are not enough of us, gay people, people of color, um, who have the opportunity and privilege to own entities in the entertainment business, and so I decided that I wouldn't be afraid, that I wouldn't be intimidated, and that I would jump in and buy Funny or Die and learn how to not only be a producer for myself, but to be a person
0: who could bring people with me. Yeah. I love this. Hey, you put in better words than that, Chris. It is beautiful. It? pioneer. Really. You know,
1: I love the I love what you all do with this podcast because I think everybody dreams. I was sitting in the Emmy audience on the day that we celebrate Martin Luther King. And I thought, well, maybe we always haven't had a voice, but we deserve to have a dream. And today is the 15th anniversary of the inauguration of Barack Obama as president of the United States. And I'll never forget standing on the most precious land that the country has, the National Mall, and looking out at that sea of faces and thinking, maybe things are changing. So I believe in dreams. I was raised to believe not only in my own dream, but to try and make dreams possible for other people. And it's a very critical moment for that in the entertainment industry, because we should be telling important stories that inspire the next generation of our country and around the world. But it's just an important moment. And I think the best thing that we can do
0: is work together to make people's dreams come true. Henry, to be on that forefront shows what an individual you are. Not only are you doing this to create great entertainment, great content, but your content is literally changing the world. It just shows so much about the human being that you are. And if there are more people out there like this, we could make that change. There could be legitimate change for people in diversity and not only entertainment, but any business and anywhere around the world. What you're doing is nothing short of magnificent. It's it's really, it, I'm humbled to be sitting next to you. You know, I think I'm very lucky.
1: I was raised in South Texas by a man and a woman who found each other and found in each other um, a commitment to improving other people's lives. My mother and my father were both labor leaders in the moment of the civil rights um, time in the country where people recognized that they had to fight for basic human rights. Some of my first memories are, are of being on picket lines. And, you know, my dad used to always tell me, You know, the movement of a people begins with the steps of just one person. And so we, you know, my father was very highly educated, but we were never the people at the big swimming pool or the new car or the fancy house. We were the people that were organized to take care of other people. And so I think that taught me and probably set the direction of my career and my life, uh, to learn how
0: important that is and how fulfilling that could be. I mean, look at the amazing mentorship you're giving back right now. Obviously your parents had that amazing impact on you to be there, to have that foundation. You are the foundation from some amazing people right now. So clearly you had such a fantastic upbringing to have that opportunity really. And it shows. You know, and I've been given, I think the thing that I've learned about realizing
1: your dream is that you can't be afraid and that failure is a part of it. And if you take the failures that life gives you and you use them to move yourself ahead and move your idea ahead, it may be a setback, but you learn from it. And so I'm not scared anymore. I'm not my parents And every experience I've had now have taught me that um, dreams come with hardship. Hope is born from difficulty. Dreams are realized out of many times the most difficult circumstances that you can possibly imagine. And if you don't allow yourself to be intimidated, then you can, um, I mean, I think I'm a really good designer. I think what my life has taught me is how to be a really good designer of transformation and change and how to gather people around an idea that um, does transform an institution. The Smithsonian, you know, I've been working for 30 years to help establish a National Latino Museum on the Mall in Washington, D.C. You know, this year I will chair... The opening of Stonewall as a national monument. I joke with the President that I'm the only person I know of that's ever taken the President of the United States to a gay bar <laughs> that we know of. But, um, you know, if you're not afraid and you think, okay, let me see how I can change a place, an idea, move it forward, deal with that's why. I think recognizing the importance of democracy and of politics is so important because things don't change until you are in the places where people make decisions. That's true of the entertainment business. And so I think that's probably how I'm going to spend the rest of my career trying to um, create this kind of change for myself and for my family and for my community but in general for people whose voices haven't been heard because, you know, there's a lot of beautiful stories to be told. What I'm loving,
0: I'm hearing here this theme of family. Okay, you had your own personal family. They taught, Your father taught you how to go in the picket lines. What I'm seeing here is a family, we're all brothers and sisters here in this world. What benefits the whole is what's important. And we have to have a voice here to
1: make those changes. Well, and I think, like, Sundance is a perfect example of that because... You know, it is a place that is meant to inspire young filmmakers, that gives them an opportunity to participate in fellowships and educational opportunities that they wouldn't normally get, doesn't matter where they came from. And so by its very nature, the culture of this place is critical, I think, to developing the family that will be the next generation of filmmakers, producers, actors, and, and diversity is front and center. And yeah, I, I, you know, I do think that family is important because I think, you know, again, we're living in a moment where, you know, it could go either way. We, and, and so to your point of dreaming. There are those people who would have you believe that the American dream isn't big enough for all of us. And so we have to divide ourselves from each other and say, you can't have this because I already have it. And that's never the truth. And, And so if you treat yourself and your colleagues and your community, and not just your community, but others with love and respect, I, I think we'll get through that moment. but I think we're living in a moment where people would have you believe that our American dream isn't big enough for all of us, so they want to divide us from each other. There We talk about, if it's not big enough, I have to hold on to what I have. I shouldn't help other people achieve what they see. There's a jealousy, and that's never the right direction. It's never the right thing to bet against this dream that our country shares with the rest of the world. And so I think as long as you treat people with love and respect and you create a culture around yourself that is family, familial, um, collegial based on respect, things will turn out okay. I mean, I haven't been in the entertainment industry for very long and just this week realized a dream to put I mean can you imagine somebody like me being a producer of a late night show with talent that is lgbtq and women and people of color the first time that's really happened in um in late night on a network like cbs i mean cbs has been a tremendous hero in fostering that environment. And, but I think the most important thing about it is that when you work around those people, you can see that the culture of that place is supportive and respectful, and everybody positively feeds off of each other. It was the same with this movie that my first movie, Weird, where you know, shot in 28 days for almost zero money. And people came together because, you know, they love Weird Al Yankovic and they love Funny or Die and they wanted to be there and be a part of the experience. So I'm beginning to learn to see in person, you know, how it
0: works even in entertainment when you you treat each other like family. Henry, Funnier or Die, what an amazing aspect. I mean, legendary, right? Yes. What is the future? What are we going to see in the future for Funny or Die? Very exciting to see the direction you're taking this whole entity that's out there. Well, Funnier or Die is 15 years
1: old, and so they just celebrated. We just celebrated our quinceanera. I would never have dreamed that I would buy Funnier or Die from Will Farrell and yeah. be mentored by, not only by him but by these very experienced creators, when we began talking about the future of Funny or Die at the beginning of my entertainment career, we thought about, well, why can't Funny or Die, F.O.D., be funny original and diverse, and female original diverse? Why can't it tell stories that evolve Funny or Die into the moment that our country and humanity is living in right now. So I'm very proud that in a short period of time we've won an Emmy and premiered this great new late night show on CBS called After Midnight. And I think the future of Funny or Die will increasingly be, always be about what's happening in comedy. And what's important to make people laugh yes. right now but we're headed in a direction i think that is very exciting because it is expanding the idea of comedy for this time and so you know Watch what happens
0: at Funny or Die in the future. It Sounds very exciting. I'm actually excited to hear. How does that, it must feel so good for the staff, the people involved with Funny or Die, to see this direction is taking. Do you see their, like, you know, a whole new morale? Kind of, where do you see their mindset going as you take it in this new direction? I think the people at Funny or Die are so happy to be back at work, yeah. creating,
1: <laughs> and actually working on comedy. And when I stood backstage at the premiere of After Midnight, the excitement in that room to have, you know, 50 people back at work, yeah. um, a really incredibly talented and diverse community, having a once in a lifetime. I mean, you know, it doesn't happen very often that you get to premiere a new late night show, a once in a lifetime's opportunity that they earned, quite honestly. Sure. We competed for that opportunity to premiere and sustain in Late Night. Yeah. Uh, They're excited. And even in that show, think about all of the comedians that will have an opportunity to work on that show, to be a panelist. Look at Taylor Tomlinson. She just turned 30 years old. She's so funny and she's so good at what she does. And, I mean, for Funny or Die to partner with Stephen Colbert... For me, yeah, to be in the night, not to be sitting in the audience with watching Stephen Colbert,
0: but to be his partner, I mean, that's a dream. What better way to put it than that? That is a dream. You're living your dream every day. It's incredible. It's incredible. How do you feel better than that? You don't. And so I think
1: the future of Funny or Die, I can't even imagine. I can only dream the heights that that company will Reach and I'm I'm really honored that they said to me. You should buy us, <laughs> and uh, that's me. That's how things happen, and uh, I'm so proud to be here. Can't wait for the future.